This Blitz podcast is brought to you by Bravado Wireless. Available online at bravadowireless.com. Your new home for the Dallas Cowboys is the Blitz 1170. Streaming live on the Blitz 1170 app and online as well at theblitztulsa.com. Welcome back into the show. Episode number four from the Ike Shilly House Studios. My name is Jeremy Poplin. Colby Daniels alongside. Let's hit up the hotline and welcome in from Sun Devil Source. He is Chris Carpenter. He is joining us now here on the Blitz. Chris, what's going on this afternoon, my man? Hey, just uh, wrapped up ASU practice earlier, waiting for this uh, Arizona Board of Regents meeting in which they will be discussing the potential departures of ASU and Arizona to the Big 12. Well, shockingly enough, we don't want to talk anything about conference of realignment. We just want to talk about Drew Pine and the uh, Sun Devil uh, offense <laughs> there. Um, but with with that said, and kind of sitting around and waiting for this, I have noticed, and you, you tweeted about it, there has seemingly been a shift in the tone or at least the feel. Now, this is from an outsider's perspective, but the messaging was was a little bit different at this point yesterday, and then it kind of flipped yesterday evening to where it seems like they're more in line with what was happening in Tucson with Arizona. Do you feel that way, and what has kind of caused this shift here for Arizona and Michael Crow to maybe go in a different direction than what was initially thought? Yeah, really, it's uh, several things all converging together. Um, basically, the Pac-12 network ended up being sort of a disaster, and a lot of that was um, uh, in promises that went haywire about what retention of the ownership of the network would allow in subsequent negotiations. And um, Michael Crow, ASU's president, was, the most ardent supporter probably in the conference or at least among them of the, the model that was being pursued. Um, and George Klyovkov, the Pac-12 commissioner, had been um, very blustery, promising that the numbers would come in a lot better than people expected and realized, and this thing became very prolonged. And people were telling Crow, um, including Arizona's President Robbins, uh, ASUF Vice Director Ray Anderson, and others, that the numbers probably weren't going to be as, as nearly as good as Klyovkov was, was promising. But Crow was, was willing to still keep the conference intact if the other members uh, were, were also willing to do so. After the departures of USC and UCLA, you have the conference playoff expansion, top six conferences in the rankings basically getting a, uh, a, a automatic uh, qualifier into that expanded playoff. But then... Um, there's been a lot of talk, I think, behind the scenes about the uh, Big Ten and SEC wanting to kind of maybe do away with that at some point in time once they've consolidated their power. Those things, plus Colorado deciding to, to move or being pressured to move prior to the meteorites uh, revelations earlier this week, sort of a forced hand development, and Arizona's clear uh, preference of wanting to move uh, to the Big 12 and the Arizona Board of Regents expressing in the earlier meeting this week that uh, their board members wanted Arizona and ASU to stay together in whatever they do. It was a uh, put all those things merging together that uh, helped to kind of move Michael Crow off of his Pac-12 anchor, which really was about uh, academic reputation and prestige, trying to remain in the conference, and also maybe save face. Uh, for a lot of the the historianship of the, the the former sort of approach that has proven to have kind of failed at this point. 
In terms of the, the media rights offer that Klyovkov finally presented to the Pac-12 members, I guess based on the level of expectation of what it was going to be versus what it was, and I've, I've seen the word embarrassment used by, by some media outlets in the Pac-12, like where, on a scale of 1 to 10, like how, how severe do you think this was in terms of surprising, surprisingly below what the expectation was? It was probably around a three or four. Um, the the I think that they realized that it probably wasn't going to match the Big Twelve distribution, the thirty two million or whatever it is. But um, there was hopes that it would get close to thirty million, and so maybe if it's a several million dollar uh, differential, coupled with everybody in the conference realizing that they would have a, a better access potentially to the college football playoff, like ASU or Utah, maybe uh, you know with the, the, the six six conferences, uh, six top conferences getting that bid. I think that um, if they would have kept the conference intact, that maybe could have been palatable, at least something that you could sell. And Michael Crow, even after they, they, they heard those numbers, my understanding is he was still sort of wanting to go that route. But um, so many of the other teams were extremely disgruntled by what they heard about the numbers, which also included uh, multiple different sort of uh, uh, scenarios. One of them was, a uh, highly incentivized uh, uh, deal where it would have been like 20 million, but then had they been able to get to certain tiers of um, of uh, viewership uh, subscription on Apple, that they would have been able to access higher numbers. But that was going down the pathway that led them wrong in the first place uh, when they when they uh, were were really. Uh, you know, thought that, that the retaining ownership and the Pac-12 network and not having it be on DirecTV because they wanted the lower carriage fee would somehow work itself out in the long run, and it just absolutely didn't. And all of these people kind of had been telling Crow this is what was going to probably happen, and I think he was kind of stubborn, but there's been so much. He's a very powerful figure in Arizona, but there's been so much uh, a movement that has been pushing him from all these different places that eventually he, I think he just relent, relented uh, yesterday. And, um, and now we're kind of in a situation where we're just waiting for uh, whether or not they're going to go ahead and make the next step. The website is Sun Devil Source. Chris Cartman is our guest here on the Blitz 1170 and streaming live on the Blitz 1170 app. So walk me through the board. I know that the two schools, and it's actually a third school with Northern Arizona, I believe, actually share the board of regents there in, in the state. But maybe I'm confused on some of the messaging that was going through. You You just said that it's been a push by the board that they want to keep those two together. Had that always been the case? Because we were reading different elements that said, well, you know, they don't technically have to stay together. We would like them to, but Arizona could go do their own thing if they wanted to, if they wanted to separate from Arizona State. How much of that has actually been truthful, or was this the plan the entire time where where, where they always expected to stay together at some point? Well, there just hadn't been the level of um, urgency in the conversation prior to this week because Michael Crow and others were saying, well, let's just see what the numbers are first like what they, they didn't even get really to that point it wasn't like a the board of regions was was uh you know jumping the gun on that part yeah. of it so it was really only earlier this week that this became a very uh prominent sort of a conversation piece among all of these leaders uh within the board of regions and the universities but i think arizona yeah yeah a lot of what's been going on has been 
um, in, in the public reporting around this that's emanated from Big 12 sources or Pac-12 sources or Arizona or Colorado. It's kind of like trying to uh, help move things in the direction that those people want behind the scenes. And what's gone on pretty clearly, in my opinion, is that uh, Arizona people have been trying to get more pressure be exerted through uh, this reporting at, at the border regions, uh, at on Michael Crow to to relent and sort of be willing to to allow this move to happen. And I think that all of that stuff kind of came together to work uh, in just the last day and a half or so. The last six months to me are totally fascinating, and I I almost wonder if we hadn't had all of these weird like self-created deadlines of like the deal is coming soon and then you know it passes and then we hear another few weeks and then it's going to happen and then you start hearing like these measurables of like close to the big 12 deal if none of that had happened and this was the deal six months ago that klavkov just shows the pac-12 members i mean do they do they all legitimately consider sticking together at that point because there's not the buildup of maybe tension and feeling like this thing could all collapse that's a very interesting question. I really hadn't thought too much about it. I think it's possible. Um, the the perpetual buildup to letdown and the, the promises of behind the scenes that uh, how competitive that everything was going to be for how long that that went on and the kicking the can down the road of it all definitely could have shaped negative perception more than would have been the case if there was a lot more just just upfront transparency about the whole situation. I don't know that it would have ultimately changed things, though, because we're just in this, we've been in this cycle for a long time, as you guys know, where everyone, all these colleges, they, in athletics, they're just chasing the, the, the bigger numbers because they're so fearful of being left behind in terms of resources, um, this arms race that it has existed for a long time in, in college football with uh, facilities and coaching salaries and recruiting budgets and the phalanx of people that work behind the scenes in the analysts and, and, and all this, these operational uh, positions. And um, that costs so much money and sucks up so much of the oxygen in the conversation around the room. Plus, um, as you guys have, are probably aware and have seen, uh, the, the expansion of the administration um, at, at places like ASU, like three times as many administrators, the only way that happens is if you continue to increase the amount of money that you're bringing in. And there's concerns right now in, in the last year or two about if you lose fan interest, then can you, is your money going to fall off? Are you going to be able to have NIL, which is so important now, in the uh, roster retention and building component of these of these teams, and so just the fear is so palpable at all times about the, the the falling so far behind that you can never recover from it. But that always, in my mind, has led these schools to chase trying to increase their their operating budget. Chris, two part question: Your best guess what ends up coming out of this tonight, and two, if it is ultimately the decision to move together and go to the Big 12, what's the reaction going to be? Are people happy about this? Is there sadness that the Pac-12 is coming to an end? What's been the overall reaction that you've seen so far? Yeah, so I would say there's about an 85% chance that ASU and Arizona are going to be announced to be joining the Big 12 in the next day or two. Um, And I think that 
that's the step they're going to take tonight, more than likely, unless there's some unknown monkey wrench that that is sewn into this thing. Um, and then, as far as fans are concerned, they've grown. Uh, I would say the majority, even though they prefer from an emotional standpoint and traditionalists, the people that have watched the conference for a very long time. AC has been in the, the the conference since 1978. Um, it's, it's it's all that people know who are really in their 40s um, and younger. Um, but the frustration with how poorly managed that the conference has been for so many years, from Larry Scott to George Klyovkov, the, the uh, presidents uh, not having the intestinal fortitude or maybe the, the, the interest in uh, trying to keep up with Jones's major college athletics, it, that's all been very frustrating to a lot of those same fans. And there's, just, there's a sentiment that I've really – uh, heard a lot from fans in the last probably two years, three years, that uh, culturally they're on a very different page. Uh, they're they're much more on the page of how uh, people in Big Twelve country or the SEC or the Big Ten feel emotionally about about college athletics and football and basketball in particular. And the the that sentiment sort of carries that the only way that they're going to be able to keep pace is if they get into a bloodstream of like-minded perspective that uh, helps to kind of propel them forward. Speaking of like-minded perspective, I know that Utah has kind of been grouped with Arizona and Arizona State in this move. How much of that is just like if Arizona and Arizona State move, that's necessity that they have to make a move? Or have they kind of been in lockstep with the Arizona schools this entire way of, you know, we we want to act as, as a group in some way? Yeah, so Utah's president's sort of been similar to Michael Crow in terms of among the, the most ardent supporters of the Pac-12s. Um, the, I think it's very interesting what's happened with the Big Ten in the last couple of days with them renewing these conversations and, uh, and talk about uh, additional expansion into the West. That, to me, is a very clear signal that is being intentionally made to Oregon and Washington to hang on don't join. Don't try to join the Big 12. We're going to get you covered. Um, the next opportunity that we have, um, the, the the disparity between the Big 10 and the Big 12 in you know the distribution is like 38 million or something like that. It's 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 a uh, it's a huge number, or maybe you know close to that, but it's almost double really, or uh, more more than double. And and the the Oregon and Washington, they'd rather be in the Big Ten if they have that opportunity, but they just want to know, I think, that they're going to be able to get there and get there uh, eventually on an equal share. And so if there's a wink, wink, nod, nod to, from that's made, you know, between the Big Ten and Oregon, okay, you guys are going to have this opportunity, then they'll probably hang out, wait for that, um, and the 16th team uh, that the Big 12 will take is, is Utah, which uh, I think has sort of the same perspective of ASU, which is if Oregon and Washington are going to leave, Stanford might end up independent. ASU and Arizona are moving. Colorado already moved. What's left? Like you don't really have, you don't really have much of an option at that point. And this is why I think that Brett Yormark has done a tremendous job of pushing. The, what, 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 uh, pressuring the, these Pac-12 schools after the UCLA and USC departures, uh, he jumped ahead of the line of the Pac-12 and the media rights 
uh, deal that they negotiated, and uh, he has put pressure on Colorado such that it left uh, before it even found out the numbers from George Kwiatkow, like four days before they even found out what the numbers were going to be. And Arizona was kind of moving in that direction. And so what has happened really is the Pac-12 has been almost paralyzed by this situation into inaction. And uh, your mark and the Big 12 have been very aggressive, and that tends to uh, shake things loose in, in college athletics in a way that benefits the people that are doing that. You're either, what I've been saying is, you're either the hunter or you're the hunty. And the Pac-12 has never been the hunter, and they've always been getting eaten up. Chris, good stuff, man. I appreciate it, especially for jumping on late. Uh, it'll be interesting times indeed as uh, the majority of the eyes in the nation will be uh, – pointing towards uh, Arizona way for tonight's uh, Board of Regents meeting, and we can't thank you enough for taking time to come on with us here in Tulsa. Anytime. My pleasure. That is Chris Cartman, who's joining us here from Sun Devil Source, part of the 24-7 network. Culturally, a better fit with the way the fans view the Big 12 than what the Pac-10. And all I could think of was, culturally, my ass needs more of that Tempe culture in my life because, brother, I've been out there a few times and give me all of that that I can get. Oh, I was about to ask, what's the best city in the Big 12, the new Big 12, and why is it Tempe, right? It's not even <laughs> close to what the new best city in the Big 12 is. It's Tempe, Arizona all no the way. At 2.54, we'll take a quick time out. We'll come back. We'll wrap up episode four next here on the blitz and streaming live on the blitz 1170 app from the ice chili house studios thank you for listening to this exclusive blitz 1170 podcast from bravado wireless